The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and Southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Today's show is sponsored by Baker Hughes, who recently launched a new and reimagined Baker Hughes brand. As an energy technology company, they strive to make energy safer, cleaner, and more efficient for people and the planet. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. So nice to be spending this time with all of you. I hope your new year is off to a great start. I know mine is. I'm sitting here today with my friend, Sarah Woodruff, who is with Tucker. Now, she is the business development coordinator with Tucker. Thanks so much for being with us, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to hear your story. (laughs) (laughs) We were just talking off off podcast camera, and we were just saying, oh, you know, this is all new to do the podcast. This is your first one. Very first, yes. You're going to do great, and we can't (laughs) wait to hear your story. But first, I want to ask everyone to share our podcast with friends, family, and colleagues, and thank those of you who have. We really appreciate each and every one of our listeners who are not just here in the Permian Basin, but all over the world. And we appreciate you leaving those five-star reviews. We have received some really nice ones, and we cannot thank you enough for doing so. We also want to thank Apple for choosing Permian Perspective to be on their new and noteworthy list. That was pretty cool when we found out. So oh, wow. I know. It was exciting. I, I think I literally screamed. I was like, <laughs> what? So thank you so much. And we hope that you are enjoying Permian Perspective as much as we are sharing the stories, just like the story we're about to share. So once again, Sarah Woodruff is with us. Thank you, Sarah, for being here today. First, let's start off with how did you get started in this oil and this crazy oil and gas industry? Well, my story starts off a little different. I, at the time, I think it was about 32, 33 when I first got into oil and gas. And I just, I really did. I just, I fell into it. My employer at the time was Fidelity Investments. I worked at one of their main campuses in Westlake. And after two years of it, it really was not my cup of tea. Found out that was not for you. Yes. Sitting in front of a screen and dealing with people's, you know, investments was just not what I wanted to do. I I needed to, you know, be able to get up and walk around instead of being locked (laughs) in. So I took two weeks off. At the time, I was also going to school for the, for a rad tech program. And so I took two weeks off and I, you know, I wanted to try to figure out what I wanted to do, how I was going to, you know, supplement my income if I did, in fact, you know, leave Fidelity. My friend's father had his own little dirt company. He built roads. He did pad sites. And so in my two weeks, he asked me if I would help him out and go pull a trailer behind a truck and help him clean up one of the pad sites that he was building. And so I said, sure, Jim, you know, so went went over there to the job site one morning and he was a man that was known for having a temper and not really being able to keep employees because he would just run them off all the time. And anyways, he did. He walked up to the truck, knocked on the window and told me how he just he fired his backhoe operator. And so I just kind of looked at him and I said, well, Jim, I don't really know what you want me to do. And then he asked me, do you know how to run one of those? And I said, I don't know why you think I would. <laughs> and he said, well, there's only one way to learn. Get your button there and, and let me show you. And so it was a very quick couple of minutes of this makes the bucket go up and down. This is how you roll it. Now, haul ass. And so I did. I had so much fun that day playing in the dirt, digging in the dirt. And so I quit Fidelity and I went and I ran a backhoe for him for (laughs) a 
love that for story. For a year. You were hooked. <laughs> yes. Hooked from that first button push. <laughs> yeah, I can do this. <laughs> that, uh, that instant gratification of seeing what you, you know, what you were doing. I mean, that was really it. And just, you know, working outside and working with a very gruff man. And I mean, we had a blast. It, I really enjoyed it. So that kind of segued me into, you know, at the time I lived in North Decatur, north of Decatur, rather. Barnett Shell had already come to a slow, really not much going on there. And so a lot of my friends are welders in the industry, and they were all fixing to take off and go to West Texas and do a job out in Monahans. So I would always kind of tool around in the shop with them, and it was, well, it's going to be now or never if you actually want to jump in. So I did. I I followed them out to Monahans. I actually ended up being a welder's helper for them. Mm-hmm. That was very interesting. First job, I know the foreman wanted to run me off immediately because he just, we were doing a pipeline. We were out in the middle of nowhere. There weren't porta johns. There was no right. bathrooms. And this is Monahans. Yes. yes. And he's like, I mean, we were, we were staying in Monahans. We ended up going west of Pecos. And, and so, yeah, it was a, you know, well, you do realize, you know, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I guess I'm going to drink enough water to stay hydrated, but not enough to where I have to use the bathroom. I mean, I was just, you know, kind of smart thinking. Yeah. And he, so, yeah. and he put us in the front of the line. And that way he could burn us out, basically. Mm-hmm. So we kicked butt, though. We yes. we basically ended up just that. moving so far ahead of the pack that we ended up having to come back and do an additional pass. And that's not what he was expecting. So He thought you were going to be gone day yeah. two. <laughs> but I, I had a lot of respect for him. I understood he was out there and he needed to do a job. And at the time, there just, you know, there really weren't many women out there, you know, doing hard labor or anything like that, or you know, certainly in the elements, too. So... I stayed, I was a helper for about two and a half years and yeah, that's, that's how I got into it. And it just, it just kind of went, I, I was so fortunate. I got to work with the same crew for over a year. We all ended up back in North Texas and built a, uh, did the finishing phases on a cryo plant out there. And so I had the same crew day in and day out for over a year. They took care of me. They, they had my back and just a lot of respect for those guys. And it just kind of went from there labor hand to, I always wanted to learn. I started doing the the job packages. Basically, I would be in charge of the x-ray crews as they came in, take the shots at the end of the day after we were done. And yeah, just. You literally just got your, your hands dirty and learned mm-hmm. from the ground fun. up. Yes. What was it that really hooked you in that made you go, this is what I want to do for my career during those times when you were out there, you know, Try, it's just on the pipeline and you were just trying, you know, learning everything. What was it that you loved about it? I love the camaraderie with mm-hmm. my guys. I mean, I, I I really did. I I love the guys that I work with. They were fun. I mean, we worked hard and, you know, I, I, I'm sure and, you know, and I could probably ask any of them now today, just what were your thoughts when you saw me show up? No, I'm sure it was just like, you got to be kidding me. Really? Those of you, you can't see, she's, I mean, you are a beautiful, beautiful woman. You, you, when, if you walked in here, I wouldn't think that you were working out on the pipeline, right? I mean, that's probably what you got. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's definitely what I got. But I, I made sure that, you know, I, I knew I needed to prove myself. And to be honest, I mean, I'm, I'm the, I am not a feminist in any way, shape, or form. I, I like my work to speak for itself. And I think that if you really want something, you're going to work hard for it. And yes. I don't need a movement or anything like that to do it. I just, I need my own, you know, my own grit, basically. And and that was it. I, I just, I enjoyed them. And I knew that I had to prove myself to them. And so when everybody else would sit in the trucks and take their breaks, I would, I'd be out there working. I'd be grinding down and getting, you know, setting up the pipe and the stands and and get everything set up, you know, for our, for the next part of the job. Right. And I know they appreciated that. And, you know, once they knew that I was there to stay and I was going to be, you know, I was going to be working just as hard as they were. And I was, you know, I was definitely going to help out where I could. You know, it just, it was, it was great. 
It really was. Hard work speaks louder than anything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those guys are funny, too. I love that. <laughs> so how did let, – let's segue then. Yeah, I know you spent some time here in Monahans, you, and, and then you said that you also were here in Midland for three years. Let's fast forward a little bit and get okay. to what, your time here in West Texas. What did you love about West Texas? Well, <laughs> I can say that uh, three years living here, what I really did enjoy was getting to know the the actual the foundation of, of Midland in Odessa, it's a very transient town, obviously, because of all the opportunity here within oil and gas. And so it doesn't really give a true representation of the people and the values. And so fortunately for me, I was able to befriend a lovely lady by the name of Nympha. Or, uh, yes. Well, her new last name now, married last name is? Seidel. Seidel, yes. yes. <laughs> so by befriending her, I, I really got to know the people and to just kind of appreciate she's born and raised in this area. I asked her, you know, I said, I need to find a church. And and she she was the one that pointed me towards her and another friend actually pointed me to the, to the church that me and my family went to. And yeah, it was just really, you know, the people. Right. And I do. I, oops, there's my alarm. I just said, hey, are our phones off? And of course, then mine goes <laughs> off, right? That's my note to pick up my little one. Uh, but I got it covered. So okay. we're good. We can keep on going. Uh, but no, I, I just want to say Nympha's married name is Kaza. So. Okay. <laughs> She just got married, so I wanted to make sure we got that. So, because Nympha is, she is so awesome. She is just one of those incredible go getters here in West Texas. I'm so thankful that she actually brought you to us mm-hmm. too. Yes, and, yes. And that's, I think, the true heart of West Texas is the people. I mean, it is. just the connecting, the networking, mm-hmm. the I want to help you. The sincerity of it all. Is yes. A beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And you also met your husband here. Yes. Did. Yes. <laughs> How did y'all meet? Well, my company is a. Is a client of his company. He works for a midstream company here, or at the time he worked he worked here in Midland, and he had just kind of moved into a new group. The group mm-hmm. was a group that I had already been working with for several years. I was kind of tasked with, you know, kind of breaking into that group and making sure that you know Tucker had opportunities there. And so I I didn't know him, and so he got you know he was the new guy came in, and so the guys that I was working with they introduced me to him, and and to be honest. Uh, I won't get into too much. We did not get along. Oh, so it wasn't love at first sight. Absolutely or was not. It? Okay. No. <laughs> I love that. It kind of makes the story even better. So t- so then, so <laughs> there was a little little bit of oh, this. Oh, we've, we've had heads <laughs> for and sure. And the reason being, and, and honestly, when I figured out why he was just being so rude and argumentative, it was a valid reason. So he had never been in a position or a role where he was having to deal with salespeople all the time. And now he was in a position to where he actually managed work and had the, you know, had the responsibility of, you know, selecting contractors and, and you know, choosing who was going to execute. And so he was very much overwhelmed with the amount of salespeople coming in <laughs> all the time. Because I'm trying, and, to, I'm trying to think back. This is a pretty busy time here. Yeah, this was very a boom. Busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a boom we're talking about here. And so when I came in, you know, it was I was already very familiar with the guys in his in his group, and you know, I knew their wives, and you know, we were good friends, and we were doing work for them. But I guess for him, he wasn't. And I, and I get it. Being a female in the industry, again, there's a lot of women salespeople. Mm-hmm. And his immediate assumption was that I didn't know what I was talking about. I was capable of basically reading off a brochure and giving, you know, a very, you know, superficial rundown of what I had to offer. That was before he knew you. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) So after us butting heads quite a bit, the guys really, you know, they're in his group. They kind of pulled him aside and they're like, what is your problem? And, you know, and he told him, he was like, well, I can read a brochure too, you know, and 
she doesn't know what she's talking about. And they're like, no, actually she does. Yeah. You know, she's put in some work. And and so he reached out and he said, you know, I apologize. This is why. And I said, well, I admire that. You mm-hmm. know, I, I appreciate that, you know, the individuals that you want to actually do business with, you expect them to actually be able to talk the talk and walk right. the walk. And so after that, he he invited me to bid on a job. So. <laughs> and the rest is history. Yes. And so, yeah, we, we became, we were good friends for several months before we started dating. We went on our first date. So, Well, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, you're with Tucker. So let's talk a little bit about what Tucker does and okay. how, you know, where, how you got into this position that you are in now with Tucker. You're the business development. Director. Yes. 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 So Tucker, geez, we've we've grown exponentially in the last two years. So starting off, we our roots are from Oklahoma in Lindsay, Oklahoma. And when I came on board, we had four offices. We had just done an acquisition out here in West Texas that put us in our Midland office now. We acquired an existing contractor by the name of BJB Services. And so, yeah, mechanical construction, station, pipeline, gathering systems, meter stations, and then we also have a very thoughtful design and plan was put into place of how are we going to grow? Did we want to do it, you know, where we saw so many of our competitors, you know, kind of following the same path of mm-hmm. we're going to go after uh, go after the biggest job we possibly can. We're going to ramp up 200 employees. And when the job's done, if we don't have anything, you know, lined out, then they get laid off. Mm-hmm. Our CEO is probably one of the most humble and just impressive men that I've I've had the, uh, you know, the pleasure of working with. And and he always told me, you know, no, we're incremental growth. We're going to grow, but we're going to do, do it smart. And, you know, our blend is always going to be, you know, of course, there's always going to be new construction, but you know, everybody knows in the oil and gas industry, there's a boom and a bust. The bust is always going to come. So you never know when it's coming either. So we wanted to make sure that our blend was, you know, kind of a constant 50-50 new construction, but then really have our roots in operations, maintenance, integrity, you know, things that never go away. Even if there's not new construction going on, you have to maintain your assets. So we've always been very strong in our in our integrity crews and maintenance crews and working with the local operations groups here for all of our clients. So I'm sure through the past and how long have you been there with the uh, company? It's been almost seven years now. Seven years. You've seen a lot of highs and lows. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned most from those highs and lows? Really, it's just, you know, the one thing that I can say that I was really impressed with about, I think it's 2014, when it seemed like so many other businesses, a lot of our competitors were shutting their doors or having to move out of the area because they just couldn't keep the light, you know, keep the lights on. They really had to, you know, take a look at the financials. You know, of course, we had to really take a look at, you know, what we were going to do, you know, how how we needed to manipulate our time and our efforts to ensure that, you know, of course, nobody ever wants to let anybody go. And we've right. got some really great folks that have, been, that have been with the company for longer than I have. And so, you know, we definitely what I appreciated was uh you know, we we did good work and our relationships are, you know, of course, we're we're a contractor, but, you know, I can say honestly that our relationships are they're very they're very true and they're very sincere. So because of the hard work that my guys did and because of our, you know, our impeccable safety record and doing good work and honoring, you know, everything that we did with integrity. And if, you know, not saying there's ever going to be a perfect contractor, but if we messed up, we fixed it, you know, and. I can say that 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 definitely that that helped quite a bit. I think that we have we have true value in what we do. Right. You know? How is your company preparing for the next twelve months? <laughs> We've got a lot of things <laughs> in the works right now. 
We have acquired a a SCADA company in the last couple of years. We also have a a new compliance company that we purchased. And so right now what we're trying to do is really just first, I have a sales team now, which is great. When I first started with Tucker, I I was their first salesperson. Through the last two years, we have a sales group of, gosh, I think there's maybe eight now total out of all the different service lines. And so our our target for 2020 is really trying to integrate all the all the different service lines that we have and educating all of the sales team and you know and of course even you know our, our supportive personnel operations everything to mm-hmm. be able to identify opportunity within these other groups you know just in passing when we're with a client so it's been it's been great i was you know it's I don't want to say I was scared to, you know, to learn about these new service lines that we had to offer, but it was kind of intimidating. It's a, it's a lot. We definitely have our, you know, we have our guys that are well-versed and, you know, they're the experts in it. But for me to be able to have a concise conversation with somebody that was like, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to do that? Right. Just learning a whole new, the whole new vocabulary and a whole new talk. (laughs) Trying to put the puzzle pieces together of, you know, when you, when you get to the point of construction, where, where, where does everything else fit in? And, you know, and how can I offer that successfully to the clients, make things easier for them? So, and that's definitely our focus this year is making sure that we, we can translate that to the customer effectively and, and let them know, you know, we've got a lot of great things that we can offer them, make make life a lot easier for them. So, But how exciting to go from a sales team of one, mm-hmm. you know, you're just having your cup of coffee in the morning, here's yeah. my sales meeting, <laughs> to now I've got this team. Exactly. Yeah. And, and to be able to lead that team, and especially as a woman, I just want to say, you know, first of all, congratulations on well, that. Go I, ahead. So I, I do have to say, <laughs> I do not lead that team. I'm a okay. part of the team. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. I gotcha. So. so being a part of that team, mm-hmm. how has that been, you know, to be able to see it grow and to expand and like add a second and add a third sales It's really cool. It is. I can tell you, you know, I've, one thing that I've always told my CEO is if I'm not, if I'm not working for you, I'm not going to work in the industry. I've had offers of, you know, I've been fortunate enough, you know, occasionally to have offers from other competitors, but you know, it, it really is a work family for me. And just, I just, I don't know the integrity and the values and the morals. I mean, you can't pay isn't everything. And it's just, can you, can you work with these guys? Do you, do you have a great relationship? Do you know they have your back? You know, like you have their back and, mm-hmm. and Tucker definitely offers that and always has. And it's, you know, it's, it's been great. I mean, I it's, love that it's kind of neat to just, yeah. You, I mean, you look around, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Our, our corporate office in Houston, when we first started, it was, it's definitely smaller than what you have here. Really? <laughs> there and, was, and I'm not in something really big. <laughs> tiny little conference room and three offices, and that was it. Oh, wow. And um, but we've always, you know, we've never been flashy or right. anything. Kind of like a sleeping giant. But so now in that same building, we have. Gosh, I think at the end of the year we might be on three floors. But wow, yeah, it's crazy, that's, and that's fun to watch something like that grow. Uh-huh. That really is, and be a part. Well, of when it. I walk in there, and I'm all, who are you? Who are <laughs> right. you? And you know, so it's kind of neat. But I always have to make sure that I I run through all the different new offices that have been added in since my last trip to Houston and introduce myself. And okay, so what are you doing? What group are you part of? Right. Oh, cool, you know. So yeah, it's pretty neat. And how many locations do you have? I don't. Oh, geez. For our offices, we have two in the East Coast, one in Ohio, one in Virginia. We have four in Oklahoma. We just kind of added a a spot there in Denver, and we have eight in Texas. So, yeah. Well, you speak very highly of of your company, of course, which I I just love that. I love that loyalty. And what is it about your boss that you – 
you know, you said you would never leave because what is it that you have learned there that has given you this extreme loyalty? I firmly believe that no matter where you're at, it absolutely trickles down from the top. So he is a testament to that. He is, he's a very humble individual. I can tell you, I I had to have business cards made with his name on it because when I started off, I'm like, my gosh, we would go to these meetings and here he is. I mean, He's, you know, leading the uh, the introduction, and I mean, he's he's just, you know, a very smart man, and and so here he's wowing these folks, and they're like, I'm sorry, yeah, you know, his name's Paul, <laughs> Paul. I'm giving you a clip here, Paul Sh- Neuendorfer. <laughs> Shout out to Paul. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they would ask him, you know, I'm I'm sorry, Paul. What do you what do you do for the company? Because he would never, he's he, not into titles. Wouldn't say he owned he, it. He wouldn't yeah. call himself the CEO if he right. didn't have to. He doesn't like calling himself the CEO, and he never does. I love that. So they would ask him, you know, like, I'm sorry, what do you, who are you, and what do you do? And his response would be, I'm just the head cheerleader. These are the guys that do all the work, you know. These are, this is the foundation of the company. And then he'd sit down. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I'd have, <laughs> I'd, I'd bring his cards, because he wouldn't bring his cards, and I'd pass them out, and he's like, what do you what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I it's, love that it's, kind of humbleness, though. Yes. There, there is nothing better than than learning from someone like that because mm-hmm. it really does teach you a lot about life. Right. He's not mm-hmm. a man of airs, and you, you know, he'll tell you, I, I may not have all the answers, but you know, let's all figure it out together. And we did. I mean, it's a very his idea and his belief behind a strong team is. I mean, it's it's not. He's not just saying that. He he believes it. He breathes it. And he's the other great thing about it too. And I'm. I, you know, it still amazes me today. As many employees as we have, we have well over a thousand at this point. That man can go into any office and he can go out onto onto the field and he knows the names and it's genuine conversation. How's your wife doing? Oh, you know, your son, this and that. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and he knows my, you know, my two boys and, and his interactions with them are very genuine, sincere. And I mean, he's, they're popping math equations off to each other, you know, Aww. the last time we were at a golf tournament and yeah, it's just, it's, it's really neat. I mean, he's, he's a very genuine individual. I love you know, that. So. What's the most important lesson you've learned through your years as a woman in the oil and gas field that you would like to pass on that could maybe help someone that's up and coming that is just now getting their feet wet? I absolutely believe that, you know, that the industry is male dominated. And again, I, like I said, I am, <laughs> I'm the last person that's ever going to sign up on the feminist march. <laughs> it is male dominated though. It's been nice to see that there's been, uh, there's been a lot more women in the industry, engineers, engineering managers, and so on and so forth. But, but what I'd like to say is, you know, if, if you want to get into it, don't ever sell yourself short. Don't ever think that you, you're not worth it. You don't have what it takes. Don't let anybody convince you Otherwise, I mean, you, if you, again, if you're, if you're willing to put in the time and the work and the effort, you, you can do anything. Anybody can do anything, Mm -hmm. but that's got to be the biggest thing. You know, you can, I run into some, you know, there are, there's old school individuals out there still, and I've heard it all. And if there's, you know, don't believe them, Mm -hmm. just, yeah, stand your ground and, you know, keep working, prove them wrong. Right. All right, I'm going to ask you some personal questions now. Sure. What's your favorite <laughs> book or podcast that you listen to? Well, okay, so now my new podcast. <laughs> okay, besides Permian Perspective. <laughs> I Oh, I'm such a I'm such a dork. I'm very very old school. I 
I honestly, I don't even, I was going to ask you after this, how do I even listen to this? I don't know how to do I know. that. I've never listened to a podcast. So, so I love this. I, I literally <laughs> asked Sarah five minutes before we did this podcast, hey, will you be on my podcast? Because we just hit it off so well. And I just loved her story. And I was like, I just want to share this with everyone. So yeah, you did not have any prep time coming into this at all. But how about books? Do you have any books that maybe have been influential in your life? I could tell you there's a there's a fun series of books. I think she's got about 20 or 27, 28 books in this in this series, but mm-hmm. it's uh, Janet Ivanovic, and that's one author that will, I mean, when they say laugh out loud, uh-huh. I would sit there and giggle and sometimes have tears coming out of my eyes because it's such a silly and fun story about a woman who falls into being a bounty hunter and oh, just wow. all her, she's just an idiot and she is horrible at life. And there's just, you know, so it's something light, lighthearted that uh, I love that. that say I it one more time so I can write it down. It's called, uh, the author's name is uh, Janet Ivanovic. Okay. And awesome. first book in each book is, you know, there's like I said, 27, 28. So book one is one for the money. And then two is, you know, it's a play on words of what book it is in the, in the series. Gotcha. So, but outside of that, I'm just, I really love history and I, I love politics. Awesome. We won't get into that. Nope. <laughs> I'm very conservative. That's, a, that's in, the, that's in the, one of the top three you don't discuss at the dinner table, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about your favorite quote? Do you have a favorite quote that you've kind of lived by through the years that no, quote, not really. Bible verse. I've got, you know, yeah, I guess one of the biggest things that I, you know, I, I remind myself every morning, you know, or any, you know, multiple times throughout the day is that all things are possible through him and only him. And so, and there's a lot of days, I mean, I could have like, a, this week has been amazing. I've had some really fruitful opportunities. Um, Yay. Yeah. So Congratulations. it's, it's awesome. But I mean, gosh, I mean, the highs and lows, you know, with sales, I mean, there's a lot of disappointments involved in it, but I will tell you, I mean, there's many times throughout the day that, you know, as I'm driving, I just got to pull over and be like, okay, you've been, I'll notice that, you know, my mood, I'm just, I'm a little upset over, you know, losing, you know, losing an opportunity and, you know, anything that happens. And it's, you know, it's definitely just, you know, a pullover. I'll, I have no qualms praying while I'm at, you know, out in public, you know, sitting by myself at a, you know, dinner table or whatever. But I do know that he listens and he answers. And so definitely, I mean, Yes. That is it. Anything and everything that I want, as long as it is it is righteous and it is good, all things are always possible through him. Absolutely. So. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> if you had one piece of advice to and someone that is listening about getting into this business, I know we mentioned, you know, focusing on women earlier, but just anyone in general that's going down a similar path as you, a journey, what would you say to them? I would say that, you know, gosh, we have so many amazing networking events and even just the conventions, Permian Pipeliners chapter is here and they're very active and and heck, I mean, even if you just even if you just volunteer, they do a lot of local charity work here in the Permian and just coming to a meeting, you'll be amazed at who you're sitting next to. Mm-hmm. Again, very humbling. That's one thing I love about the industry is, you know, there I can't say everybody, but I mean, there's a few that, you know, <laughs> Maybe a little full of themselves, but honestly, you, you go and you sit down at any of these meetings, any of these, any of these, everybody loves to play golf. There's tons of clay shoots. I mean, right. just go show up. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to turn their back to you. Ask them questions. Tell them what you want to do. Tell them what you, you know, what you just want to get involved. You not quite sure exactly how you want to be a part, but you want to be a part of it. And I, I promise you, you're going to walk away with, you know, a pocket full of business cards and tons of new contacts. It's just, it's a very welcoming organization in an industry. So 
Well, Sarah, I have to say, thank you so much for sharing your time with us, your honesty. I just (laughs) love, I feel like we could just talk for hours and hours more, but we're running out of time. I'm like, no, why does the time go by so fast? No, you did great. (laughs) And I always ask this at the end of my podcast. You wouldn't know because you haven't listened to it yet, but but you're gonna, I'm going to show you how to download (laughs) podcasts in a minute. I always ask, is there anything coming into this interview that, you know, when you when you were preparing on the way in, that whole five-minute walk over mm-hmm. to my office or less than five minutes right here, w- is there anything that you wanted to get out that maybe didn't get out and that you want our listeners to know about either Tucker or your journey or being in this oil and gas industry? No, I feel like we've, we've kind of went from the beginning to the end, but... just the, This is just the middle. The best is yet to come, Sarah. <laughs> I, think it, I, think it, I think it covered it. Oh, good. Well, yeah. thank you so much for sharing time. How can we find you on social media? You can go on LinkedIn. And because I am somewhat newly married, I do have a hyphen. If you were to look me up, it's Sarah Graham Woodruff. You can certainly go on to our company's websites. So we have uh, tuckerservices.com. And then our parent company, we have many different segments and units, again, different service lines. So our parent company for all of those business lines is LineStar. So you can go on that website as well. And with as many office locations as we have, if you ever see a Tucker sign, just pull in and, you know, they'll welcome you like family. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I feel like I've learned so much about you today, (laughs) Tucker today. And I'm just so, so proud to know you because you are a rock star in this industry. I'm so glad to finally meet you. I know. Me too. Me too. I'm so glad this all worked out. It was all, all all supposed to happen today. Yes. And I'm just thankful that you shared your story. So thank you you so much. Appreciate you. It's time now to announce today's community MVP. We would like to recognize Endeavor's dedicated energy services division, which provides trucking, roustabout, well service, wireline, and vehicle maintenance services. Through a special partnership with Midland College, six members of Endeavor's energy services team serve on technical advisory committees to help students successfully prepare for a vibrant career in the Permian Basin energy industry. So way to go, Endeavor, for pouring into the youth in our wonderful community. Also, a special thanks to Baker Hughes for sponsoring Permian Perspective. We are so appreciative. Love the Baker Hughes team. They're awesome and doing wonderful things here in West Texas. So big thank you to them. And of course, to all of you listening at home or in your car or at work, maybe taking a little break from work. I I really appreciate that. Of course, we once again appreciate all those reviews you've been leaving for us also on iTunes. And that concludes this episode of Permian Perspective, the story behind the oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. So just remember my favorite motto is dream big and believe in yourself and never give up. You make it a great day. Hey, everybody. Alex here with the events on deck for January 2020. First of all, Happy New Year. We have a couple of great events coming up to kick off 2020 with y'all. The first one will be a Houston Happy Hour taking place on January 16th at the Cannon from 6 to 9 p.m. This event will be all about artificial intelligence for oil and gas. Reality, not hype. The event will feature a panel discussion and include drinks and snacks. Be sure to get your tickets. You can find our event right link on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook, or in our Modal Point newsletter every month. The next happy hour we're having is our Denver happy hour on January 30th from 4 to 6 p.m. at Liberty Oil Field Services. This event will have a panel of GEOs and feature a live recording of the Crude Audacity podcast. So it'll be super cool. Be sure to join us. Also get your tickets once again from the links posted in our Modal Point newsletter or on Oil & Gas Global Network's LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. 
We also will be having a Pittsburgh happy hour sometime in February with the date coming soon, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Other events on deck include the Houston API Energy General Meeting on January 14th. Guest speaker Eric Switzer, VP Global Services of Baker Hughes, will be discussing accelerating transformation in oil and gas. The 2020 Industrial Market Outlook and Networking event will be on January 23rd in Houston, and they will be discussing the latest trends that will impact project spending in North America, including the Gulf Coast region, over the next 12 to 24 months. Lastly, the Wildcatters Ball will be held on February 7th, 2020 in Houston. This ball is the primary oil and natural gas industry fundraising event for the IPAA Educational Foundation. Proceeds will go toward funding the foundation's energy education programs. That's all for this month. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and check in next month for the events on deck for February. Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.